Happy Friday, everyone. I'm your host for this terrific episode, Kyle. And I'm your ever-so-beautiful co-host, Cassidy. <laughs> and this is Date Night. Obviously, if you've been listening for a while, you know that we watch a movie, we go on a date night, and we talk about it. So here we are. And today, we're going to be talking about a movie that neither Cass or I picked. You picked. The audience actually picked this movie. And real quick, thank you to everyone who actually put in a movie. There was about 10 of you, I think. So thank you for that. We appreciate it. And we'll get into the movie that we're going to be talking about later. But first, we had ourselves a little date night. Date day. Date day. It was like a date <laughs> afternoon. We woke up a little late, a little later than we expected. So mm-hmm. so I actually planned out this entire date night, which doesn't happen. Well, date day. It does not happen often where I'm the one that comes up with an idea. But uh, I don't know how to say it. Do you know how to say the place we went? Kichi? Kichi. Kichi, Vermont. We went to Kichi, Vermont. And we went to the... Antique mall there, mm-hmm. which was way more than just like an antique mall. It was an alpaca farm at one point. Mm-hmm. It was an alpaca shop. It was a candy store. It was a toy store. Then it became a home goods store. Mm-hmm. Then it was just a general goods store. And then you got into the antique mall, which took up probably two thirds. It was a huge building. Yeah. Massive. Um, and it had a second floor, which we didn't even like. And a basement. Bother. And a basement, which we didn't even bother. Like it was just overwhelming at that point yeah there's a lot of stuff to look at yeah it was it was a little too much but the alpacas was, was that your favorite part i feel like you loved i did love the. you alpacas. were geeking out over the alpacas i was terrified <laughs> alpacas kind of scare me i'm not gonna lie i love them i was like standing to, up against standing the, far back i was standing against the gate at first and then one of them looked at me and i was like nah i'm good <laughs> i'll stand about 10 feet away i feel like they could still reach me if they tried <laughs> he was standing like way far back and i'm like right up at the the fence. You were giggling like a little schoolgirl. You're like, take a picture. You're like, look at them. Oh my God, look at the alpacas. I was like, oh my cute. God. There are children they here who aren't so freaking out with cute. you. Especially the ones eating the hay. Yeah, you could not get over them. And they just had hair all stuck in their hair. <laughs> yeah, they had hay stuck in their hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know this, but I think you pointed out that, I said, does that alpaca have a cleft lip? Mm-hmm. And you were like, maybe, but then I was too far away to like look at any more of the alpacas because I saw that one. I was like, I'm fucking good. <laughs> and... I think you noticed that all of them sort of have a cleft and lip like and a, you think it's like to spit. Split lip. Well, I think it's like the way their mouths chew. Could be. Their lips like split in the middle. They chew side to side. They're like yeah, they side like to side it. chew. Yeah, they grind it. They grind it. It was, it was weird. I'm not like a huge fan. They're soft. <laughs> they they're, so they're soft. They're, they're fur soft, but I'm good being like 30 feet away from them. Their necks are so long. Yeah. Like little baby giraffes. Uh, one the the same one spit three times while we were there. Yeah, this little kid got spit on twice. Yeah, because <laughs> he was like running up and dumping. They had like a little vending machine thing or like a coin machine where like you put a coin in, gives you food to give them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was young. I mean, how old would you? I'm bad with kids' ages. How old did you say the kid was? Seven, eight. Okay, so he was like seven or eight, and he was like running back and forth between the machine and the alpacas, throwing the food into like the crate, not at them, not maliciously. He was like running up and just like. Dumping it over the fence at them and then running back to get more. Mm-hmm. And one of the alpacas was like, enough. And just spit. But the kid like launched back and then giggled and ran back for more food. And yeah. I was like, he doesn't give a shit. But I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified. Yeah, I didn't want to get spit on. But but then we went into the alpaca store. And they did have this cool alpaca hat that I, I that I wanted to wear. But it's not made for alpaca fur or anything. But... It, uh, it just had an alpaca oh, head on it. Alpaca. And the alpaca's eyes were going in two different directions. <laughs> and I was like, I want this hat so yeah. bad. Then we went to the candy store. Mm-hmm. Holy fucking shit. 
<laughs> we had we exercised some great self control in there because I wanted one of everything, <laughs> and they had such cool fucking shit. And we did take pictures. We're gonna start posting pictures of our date nights. I'm a huge, you know, those blue gummy sharks. Yeah, they had like a fucking five pound one just sitting there. It was like in a case, in like a little package, and it was like that one shark is like five pounds, and mm-hmm. then next to it was a gummy ear of corn, mm-hmm. and then below it was the like four or it was like a it was a four pound or five pound gummy worm yeah it was like two feet holy long. shit i almost <laughs> i almost passed out looking i would nothing i would actually ever buy that shit is insane you can't eat that you can't eat that there's no fucking way you can eat that you get it as a novelty and when it starts to like go gross you throw it away right because you literally have to like gnaw on it eat and a little put bit it away. and put it away there's no way there's no i guess like, you could way. slice it <laughs> yeah, but still, what do you? But still, it hardened up. Yeah, you packaging it in the refrigerator. Like, there's just like deer meat. You're like vacuum sealing that shit and putting it in the freezer for like a week. Like, it just makes no sense. We did really good considering because I wanted so much in there, but then I took a second lap and I was like, genuinely stop and think about how you'd feel if you ate any of this. Yeah, yeah. We ended up each getting a piece of fudge. Yep. I got maple. Yep. I got uh, mint chocolate. Because yep. I'm a mint chocolate fiend. Yep. <laughs> and then we got a big peanut butter cup that was like peanut butter and marshmallow. Yep. And we split that. And we split it. And then we tried some uh, Warhead soda. Yeah. You were, you were, I don't know. I've never, you were all about that. Have you seen those before? Because yeah. you like tweaked. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. I've never even heard of them before until you were like, look at these. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, what? I love is happening? Warheads. One time I ate so many Warheads that my uh, taste buds started to peel off my tongue. Oh. Oh, okay. I didn't know that about you. That's fascinating. Where did we go after the candy store? Was it the general store? No, it was like the clothes. Well, there were some other ones in between there that we didn't we get anything just, from. I, we were looking around in one of these stores. It was like, it was like a house. It was like a, just a good store. It had like cups and yeah, random like shit. Yeah, like decoration that were like mold like molded bears yeah. and stuff. And I was like, can we leave? I don't like this one. And you were yeah, like, we yeah, we don't have don't a house. Yeah. So we don't have anywhere to put that stuff. No. And then we went to, it was like the sweatshirts and I have to get a sweatshirt yeah. everywhere we go. And then after that, we went to the general goods store, which you were like in love with because it had a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah. But I mostly wanted the, they had this mojito mix. It was like pre-made mojitos mm-hmm. and I've been on a mojito kick. They're just fresh and delicious. And good Lord, I tried to drink one last night and it was fucking disgusting to the point where I had to look at the bottle again to make sure I grabbed the right one. And it dawned on me that you knew this and I didn't cocktail. know. That it was a wine cocktail. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, read that. I just like saw mojito. mojito. Yeah, I just saw mojito premix. Drink. It's like ready to drink mojito it's, mix, yeah, and I was like, not, sweet. So it's not a. You keep saying mix. It's wine. It's, it's mojito flavored wine. I didn't know that. That's <laughs> fucking gross. Your yeah. boy was disgusted. First off, he smells it. Who? I I know people do smell their liquor in their drinks, but like I I you can't smell it. I've never had a visceral reaction like that though. It smelled horrendous mm-hmm. my my stomach literally turned and i was going to throw up yeah and then i was like i don't know if i could drink this i drank it i took one sip i didn't even i dumped the rest of it out like mm-hmm. my glass i was like i'm not drinking this absolutely yeah. horrendous i was more intrigued by it they had like a bunch of different types of honey and yeah. jams and uh i want to take all those things home because i like have this vision of a charcuterie board in my head mm-hmm. But I never make charcuterie boards. It's just me and Kyle, and Kyle doesn't eat cheese. It's true. So he would just hog all of the salami. Yes, absolutely. I do that. When you have made them, I eat all of the pepperoni salami, and you're like, hey, mm-hmm. man, I didn't even get any. And I'm like, well, yep. don't eat your cheese and crackers, <laughs> man. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but what did we get there? That was it. That in oh, your we got, I got ciders. some ciders from Ver- Vermont Ciders. Yep. And I, one chocolate covered pretzel. 
one chocolate that I saw pencil. at the checkout. <laughs> <laughs> Which came in handy later on when you were like fucking dying from the dust in the uh, the dust antique in the store. Antique, antique store gave me a wicked tickle in yeah. my throat. The antique store had, I mean, some old fucking shit, but not organized in any way. Yeah, I want to go antique shopping. I must say this is the first time I've ever done that. And I was just kind of expecting like a little bit more organization. And I wanted to know like time periods on mm-hmm. the things. Like if I'm buying something because it's an antique, I want to know like... That it wasn't made in 2005. Right, like because they did have stuff there that was like not yes. very old. Yes. And so I want to know like the date. When it, when was this made? How antique is it? Right. Why they am were... I spending $25 on a plate? Right. Or more? Yeah. I want to know there was a there was a, a picture I wanted. It was like a Hamden Mild Ale. And I'm from a town called Hamden. And it's not obviously from that town, but it was just cool to look at. It was three hundred and fifty fucking dollars yeah, for the picture. Yeah, and it was like a, a sign. It was like a sign, but everything else in that section was like five dollars, three dollars, mm-hmm. two dollars. It's like, why is this so expensive? And there's no like reasoning on it. Mm-hmm. It just says three fifty. Like, I just want to know why. Like, what about it is worth the three hundred fifty dollars? Yeah, you know what I mean. And then they had these really cool um, Native American masks and uh, these African some sort of african culture mask and i was like just drooling over them i wanted them so bad and they were like 560 dollars 700 dollars and i was like why like tell me why that price yeah it didn't feel like i was looking at i was getting a reason why these things were yeah, etched this, in history you know what i mean story a little bit. how do i know this mask wasn't made like last week by a dude in a factory who makes masks you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. it just i wanted a little more of the history yeah i was more interested in like all of like the like the crystal glassware and mm-hmm. like little yeah. antique teapots and tea sets and yeah i want one so bad but they just don't really i, I hate to say this they don't match my aesthetic <laughs> and i w- wanted to get so i wanted to get this like one little sh- it was like a little sugar pot like holder i don't put sugar in anything it's like for your coffee right or tea you can put anything in it realistically, but it is a sugar. I holder. don't put sugar in that, and I feel like if I had that, I'd want like a whole set, because mm-hmm. then at least like I could pull out my my little tea set, right? Like for afternoon tea, right? But um, I couldn't find like a set, so I couldn't buy the little sugar thing. There was that one set, but you were like, it's kind of ugly. Yeah, and now I want, I like I keep thinking about the little sugar thing. <laughs> you did. You carried it around the store until like. The last 10 minutes, you're like, I just don't know. Where we we move so much right now, it just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to do that and get those because they'll break in our transport. So that was it for there. And then we went to the, which was supposed to be the main course, but it was the Kichi Gorge, mm-hmm. which online was labeled Little Grand Canyon. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. You can't get anywhere near the gorge. To like see it unless you're over the top of the the overpass bridge, but you can't get anywhere near. Like that's as close as you're getting. So I think you actually can. I think there's actually like um like a almost like a boardwalk that mm-hmm. takes you down and through. As like I think I've seen that. I don't know how to get to it. That I didn't even know issue. that. I just thought you could walk right up to like not maybe like I can understand a fence being around it so people don't fall in. But it felt like they were like, go to the bridge and just stand there. Because other than that, you're not going to get to see it. Well, that's what like one review I had read Oh, okay, okay, okay. It was just a review. Oh. But, and then you had said that morning, like all the, 
You went on the website and all the trails were closed. Yeah, so I went on the website and the website said that all of the trails and campsites were closed for the season. Mm-hmm. And if you had any questions to call them. But I also found out that Kichi was where a lot of the flooding that happened in Vermont just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened there, I guess. So maybe that's why the trails are closed. I don't know. But I was really sad. I wanted to get closer and see it uh, a little better. But we had a nice over-the-top perspective. Yeah, it was really pretty. And we got to see it on both sides. So yeah, it's like this really, it's really high bridge. And one side, we were, looked on one side and I was like, I want to go see what it looks like on the other side. And then we got to the other side and I was like, the other side's better. It's pretty. Made me want to go swimming. But yeah, we just, that turned into like a little like 10 minute, just look at it. Yeah, I was kind of bummed because that was supposed to be the thing that, like it was going to be a quick little hike in, not even really a hike, like it was just like a path in and then you got to see it. But then it said all the paths were closed. And so I was like, what's kind of the point of going if I can't see it? But then you found out that you could go to the bridge and see it. I didn't know it literally meant the overpass. Like yeah. you're just standing on the side of like a road. There is a guardrail, but like it was a little nerve wracking. And they had these cool little uh, holes in the fence you could stick your phone in through. Like mm-hmm. they were specifically made so you could like take a picture, take a picture from the top. Fence in the way. Yeah. And it was beautiful. We had a great view. It's just, I was kind of sad because I wanted to get closer to it. Yeah. And like, I don't know, take a little walk through the woods and experience like a little bit of nature. I think we were also, t- we were a little tuckered out. We hadn't had, we keep doing things without having any food mm-hmm. before we go. Mm-hmm. So it was literally like 3 p.m. and we hadn't eaten anything. Yeah. And so I think we were just like, well, let's go see the gorge and then go to eat, go eat. Yeah. Which we did find a cute little place. It was fun. Yeah. It's called the public house. The public house. It was a good little, good little restaurant. That was our date night though. And we ended up watching a movie and that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> so the first 30 minutes of this is us ranting about the, the Keechy, Keech Gourd, Keechy Gorge or whatever. So, uh, we, we are here to talk about a movie and the movie was left up to you guys. We let you guys decide the movie we were going to watch this week. And we asked the, for recommendations. Yep, we asked for recommendations. We left it up to you guys. Let us know. And we got quite a few. And because we couldn't decide, we actually just put all of the entries into a hat. And I had Cassidy pull out until we had only one left. And the one that was left was the one we watched. Shout out to my boy Robert. He actually hosts the This Seat is Taken podcast. His pick is the one that we ended up watching. He picked the game. And if you don't know what the game is, here's the synopsis for you. In honor of his birthday, San Francisco banker Nicholas Van Orton, a financial genius and cold-hearted loner, receives an unusual birthday present from his younger brother Conrad, a gift certificate to play a unique kind of game. In nearly a nanosecond, Nicholas finds himself consumed by a dangerous set of ever-changing rules, unable to distinguish where the charade ends and reality begins. One of the more long-winded synopsises for a very long-winded movie mm-hmm. but it i mean you get the gist i mean when you have a novel of a synopsis it's gonna cover the movie pretty good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, i mean it's like four sentences was, for some reason i was looking at this synopsis before we started and i'm like this is like the longest one we've we've had to read yeah. usually it's like a sentence yeah this is my second time seeing this and this was your first time seeing it mm-hmm. watching it a second time there was so much stuff that i missed the first time mm-hmm. that i was like oh my god okay of course of course so it was a lot more fun watching it the second time, but the payoff at the end isn't as much fun because you know it's you coming. Because you know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So let's go ahead and get into our thoughts on the movie. Well, what do you get for the man who has everything? Everything. Happy birthday, sir. Thank you, Maggie. I don't like her. So it brings you to town, Conrad. Everything all right? October 12th. Nikki's birthday. 
This is for you. Consumer Recreation Services. Call that number. Why? They make your life fun. What are you selling? It's a game. A game? Specifically tailored for each participant. John, chapter 9, verse 25. Whereas once I was blind, now I can see. Now I can see. One day your game begins. You either love it or hate it. Are you going to spend the rest of the evening prying at that clown's mouth? Mr. Van Orton, is everything all right? Ah, Mr. Van Orton. Have we met? I believe so. Why are you following me? Find out about a company called Consumer Recreation Services. They won't stop, Nick. He's in on it. I paid the bill. I paid him more to make it stop. So the main character in this, his name is Nicholas Van Orton. I want to talk real quick about him as a character. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you have any sympathy for this man whatsoever? Yeah. You did? Yeah, somewhat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Explain that to me. You can tell like he's a man that has a lot of trauma from his childhood and it's carried over into who he is as an adult. Yeah. And... I feel like you do get glimpses where he's not terrible. I feel like that only starts once the game is like in full swing. You do? Yeah, when he's sort of forced to not be a douchebag. Yeah, I guess. But you also have to th- he also has like the same like house whatever housemaid woman that yes, has been around since he was a child, so he's probably holding on she's probably not the best. Mm-hmm. She's old. Mm-hmm. But he's probably hanging on to her. That is true. That's from his like. It's, he's been there since before he was born. Like it was his dad's right. maid, and he still has her around. Yeah. I just like everything he said to everybody was so off-putting. When he's sitting in, there's a scene where he goes and talks to these two gentlemen he's never met before because he hears them talking about the game, mm-hmm. and he's talking to them. And I'm like, he is just so off-putting and so demeaning in everything he says. Why would these people sit around and have any conversation? As soon as that man sat down, I would have been like. Fuck you, dude. Who are you? Because he's just so belittling. Everything he says comes off as like, I am a billionaire better than you. Which is the point. That's the point of the movie. And I think they did it so well. Mm -hmm. I just had no sympathy for this guy. And then at the end, I was like, it's sad that it took this much to get you to... When the twist is revealed. It's sad that it it took this much to get you to understand what's important in life versus what's not. Yeah. That's the point of the movie, and it did it expertly. But it just, I had no sympathy for this guy. When he almost drowned in the taxi, I was like, eh, let him, I don't care. Fuck it. No, I feel, I feel differently. I feel like this guy is very hardened from, like, watching his dad commit suicide. Correct. And just, his like, dad jumped off a building. He's closed off. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he is cold because he just has felt too, too much. He also had I to become like... the man of the house. He even said that to his little brother, Conrad, when they're fighting. Uh, played by His little brother's played by Sean Penn. Yeah. And Michael Douglas plays and so Nick. He, I feel like he starts to lose sight. Of what matters. Yeah. And he focuses on the money because it's something he's good at. Mm -hmm. One. And he can't feel sad. I also feel like if he has the money, he can't, he's always like in control of every situation. He's the richest man in the room. So he has to control everything. And that's important to him, which is why the game is so important. Right. And he did actually, I mean, you're 100% spot on because he did say to his brother, uh, Sean was screaming at him. um, I keep saying his real name. uh, Conrad is screaming at him. And he's like, you didn't have to be dad. You're not dad. 
and Nick's position is I did have to become dad. That's why I am who I am. Who else was going to take care of you, dude? Yeah. That did. That was like the one moment where he lets like something sort of bleed through because he's a very calm, controlled man. Mm -hmm. And that's the one moment where you start to see things are unraveling for him because he just loses it on his little brother. And you finally see some sort of emotion out of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did... I did, I did like that part because it does show that he is a human being because the whole movie I was just like, who acts like this? Right. D- dicks act like this. I mean, he's an asshole, but I definitely do at some point see like, I just, I can't say I like see why, but you do. You see why he's a little bit hardened mm-hmm. and cold. Yeah. What is it with like all these billionaires in every movie and they're just a dick? Every movie that there's a billionaire yeah, in, they're like, I'm an much asshole. So that you can all you can only get rich by being a being a dick. <laughs> yeah, because clearly. if you have feeling, like if you have like feelings and like if you're like sentimental, you'll buy things out of sentimentality. Like if you're like, or just start giving money out, and, you'll start giving yeah. money out to people to be, like help. Like if you feel if you feel those things. And let's be honest, to be a billionaire like he is, you kind of do have to be kind of a cutthroat dick. Right, you don't get rich by handing out money to people who need it. You but don't. you should. You have to be a dick. But you should do that. That's how you get rich. <laughs> you shouldn't blow off your brother because he has a drug addiction problem. You know what I mean? I mean, he, you, he's he's tried to help him. He's tried to help him. He he sent him to rehab and he's like, I haven't seen you since then three years ago. It's like you didn't yeah. ever stop to think to reach out, dude. He's your little brother. You know he has a problem. Yeah. And you're the one that's like, as for a man who's like, I had to become dad. You don't, you don't really seem to give a shit what he's doing. It's been three years since you talked to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just had no sympathy for this guy until the end where you're like, Oh, here's the turnaround. Finally. <laughs> like, about damn time. But that's the point of the whole movie, is that he you know, has to go to extreme lengths to have some sort of self-reflection. Yeah. <laughs> but the game, if you don't know, it is literally these, these people infiltrate your life and just absolutely take everything over and you have to sort of just survive. But in the end, we'll get to the end later. But it feels like you just kind of have to survive the game. Yeah. And you, there really is no big payoff. So, but he doesn't know that. So at the beginning, when they're asking, he's asking questions, he goes to CRS, the company that uh, makes the game. Uh, he says, so what is this? Nobody's giving him a straight answer. Mm-mm. All they tell him is that you will see, you will see. When you are done, your eyes will be open to the real world. Do you, Cassidy Turgeon, accept the game into your life and participate armed with only the knowledge that you will see the real world just as Nick did. It's so hard because I would feel like, like walking into like, they do make it seem so, I don't know. I have a hard time because I love games. Mm-hmm. And you're very competitive. And I'm very, I'm very competitive. You'd be like, I'm going to finish. Yeah. Give me the game. I'll finish it in a day. I'm very competitive, <laughs> but I would be very, very nervous because like you don't get a straight answer yeah. ever from anyone. anyone. And no one knows what what it is. You've mm-hmm. never heard of it. Like it's freaky. Yeah, and they ask so much personal information. They need... and I am very I'm am very competitive, but I'm also very untrusting and nervous. Mm-hmm. Like I'm scared to do anything. I've always been scared of like being kidnapped and and that's what this show that's what the game essentially would put you through because that could happen yeah you know what i mean and so i i don't my my brave part would say i would he has the option to say i'm out at any point in time he just has to find them and tell them he's out 
<laughs> well, he just didn't know, know that, but that. he didn't know that. So if you don't know that, you can opt out at any time. They said they said that. Yeah, the they did say that that you could opt out at any time. He just couldn't find them in the end to opt out. Well, you know they're watching you. So oh yeah. You just be like, I'm done. I'm done. I opt out. But the whole point is that he no longer thinks it's a game because of the. Um, what's his, happening because uh, basically spoilers here if you haven't seen this movie definitely watch it but what happens is it turns out it's not a game at least he believes it's not a game anymore that these people have drained all of his bank accounts and they're going to murder him mm-hmm. and that is the end goal here is to murder him his brother is even involved in it right. and at one point is like you're working for that his brother's little brother who set him up for this is convinced that Nick is working for them because he finds a bunch of these keys that CRS leaves around as clues. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're working for them. You're in on it. I knew I should have never trust you. And Nick is my favorite line. He's like, you brought them to me. It's my yeah. favorite line because it's like so true. Why are you? He's tweaking. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to the we'll get to the, the end in a minute. I want to talk about that just yet. But it, it is going off the rails and they're going to murder him. So it does feel right. like he can't opt out. But it also does because they tell him they're like, we do this to a bunch of rich men. Mm-hmm. We get away, like we get them into this. We take all of their money and then we kill them. Yes, and that's like that. That is what the game is. Right. And so he doesn't realize that he can just say stop right. at any point, but he thinks he can. But the, the it goes so far that he doesn't realize he doesn't he's still in the a, game anymore. He doesn't think it's a game like it was explained to him. He right. thinks like it's just it's no longer a game. It it's real a, life. They'll murder him. Right. Like it's it, such a fucked up it was concept. A ploy to get him into. This mess. Right. So armed with only the knowledge of this game will change your life. It's very invasive and you can stop at any time you want. Do you go ahead with it? I can't give a straight answer. My answer is no. Fuck no. Absolutely not. Brave, competitive, adventurous Cassidy says yes. Scared, nervous, (laughs) anxiety-ridden Cassidy says no. Yeah, no. The answer is no for me. (laughs) Fuck that. I'm not letting these people into my life like that. I honestly can't say I would 100% say no. Wow. I feel like you're leaning towards yes. You just don't want to say it. You're a little little scared to say yes, just in case. Yeah. (laughs) I say no because even when he says it'll open your your eyes to the real world, Dude, I already am so scared. I don't want to be like, <laughs> what do you mean I'll see the real? Like, my brain immediately goes to, oh, fuck, is this the Matrix? Like, am I going to see the real world? Like, what's happening? I don't want to know, man. Just let me live my simulation, okay? Yeah. So part of me was like, would, like, go there. In the end, though, uh, this will bring us to our to our next. We can talk about the twist now because we've been mentioning it. And it's kind of hard to talk about this whole movie without that. Uh, knowing the twist at the end is... It, it, he thinks he has been robbed. They're going to kill him. So he takes a gun, goes to the headquarters, is able to find them, and basically uh, holds a hostage and says he's going to kill her unless they um, give him his money back, tell him what's going on. And his brother comes out of the... they have like He's like barricaded himself on the roof. And his brother comes out with a champagne bottle and he shoots his brother because he thinks it's an armed guard and quote-unquote kills him. So he jumps off of the building to kill himself and lands on a, what are those things called? Just like a, it's like a mat. It's like, like a blown up mat. Blow up yeah. That they put down so people in buildings jumping can land on them. And he lands on one and everyone's like, oh, you did it. This is the end. This is the challenge. Like the game was to open your eyes to your family and that they're more important. And when he gets up off the tent, the, the mat thing, his brother's standing there completely fine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is the game. Happy and they birthday. Happy birthday. And they hug. 
Yeah. I was livid, bro. So what I I was so confused because like the woman was like, "We got a real gun. We got a real gun." I don't think it was a it wasn't a real gun. No, 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 that was the act. It was all an act. Yeah. So they must have they did find yes. that gun and replace it. And replaced it. With it. The fake exactly, one. because they wanted him to believe he needed to jump off the roof, remember? And the actor guy yeah. that he took hostage basically was like, "Yeah, my role was that if you didn't jump, I was going to have to push you." Yeah. And we were going to both fall. Because you needed to you needed to go over the edge of the roof <laughs> to, yeah. to get the mat. But, but it's very wild because they have this whole ploy where like Conrad comes out and they're like he's wishes them a happy birthday, mm-hmm. but that's when he accidentally when he shoots him. Right. And so you think that was the end of the game and he really did like kill his brother. Kill his brother. Yeah. And they're like, Oh no, like we're gonna go to jail, like all of us are like screwed, mm-hmm. like and then he jumps off the building and attempt to commit suicide. Yeah. And there's all of his family and friends <laughs> just standing there. Just being like Happy birthday! And they're I, all so happy, and it, like they're all so happy, and like, do you realize this man just tried to off himself? Right, this that's man what made just no sense. Com- committed suicide, right. and you guys are like, ha, 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 happy he, birthday! He, in essence, killed himself. He just reached like the literal like rock bottom, right. and tried to commit suicide, and you guys are like, ha, ha, happy gotcha, birthday. clapping for him, happy birthday. Be like, that's awesome! You did exactly what we thought you were gonna do. Right? How awkward is it that everyone in that room knew you were gonna? kill yourself right and that was the key here was to get you to kill yourself quote unquote so we could celebrate your birthday like yeah i understand it's supposed to be this like birth of a new man because he kills himself but he's really not dead but he is a man who now values his family more than he used to um dude he killed himself in essence okay that's fucked up and everyone's just standing there clapping saying happy birthday man get out of here no fucking chance yeah and the type of guy I am, first of all, I wouldn't be in this situation because I'm not doing this. <laughs> and second of all, I mean, I already, I love my my family. So, I mean, I'm good. Like, I, I don't need this game. But so yours wouldn't be about that. True. Because they do say we fill in what, you, what you're missing most. That yeah. is true. But I, I do think that um, jumping off of the building and then, like, everyone clapping, I would be livid. I would not be... He walks up and hugs Conrad. And he's like, I love you so much. And they embrace... And I think it's because he's had his eyes open and he's like, oh man, my family is the most important thing. I love you so much. I was going to kill myself because I thought I killed you. Right. But I would be like, fuck you. Why'd you do this to me? I think he also does have like this, honestly, like fantasy in his head. Like his dad committed suicide at 48. He's turning 48. Yeah. His life isn't great. Like he's rich, but he's alone. Yeah. And so I think he's on it. Like they lead him to his like fantasy of Mm -hmm. committing suicide. And he's able to do it. And then he realizes like, shit, I don't want to do that. Right. I want to have a relationship with my brother. I want to be a better person. Like, Yeah. It is crazy how they orchestrate everything. everything. And did you at any point in time... Like he the entire time thought he was making his own decisions. But they were like planning for those decisions. Right. At any point in time, did you stop and think that was going to be the ending? That this was all... Everything, even the fact that they get busted as a corrupt organization and that this was all just a ploy to make him realize family comes first. Did you see that coming at all? Mm-mm. No. The first time I watched this, neither did I. It was one of the best. This is one of the best twists in any movie I've seen, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I did not see it coming. Because once, in my opinion, when I, the first time I ever watched it, I remember thinking, okay, I know the twist is these guys are fucked. His brother was a druggie. He's a, he's, he was a, an alcoholic and a, and a drug addict. So he used him to get out of debt with them or something. Mm-hmm. And 
all of that, you are led to believe that is the case. At the like towards the end, that is the case, and you're like, yeah, I saw that coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. But then he jumps off the roof, kills himself in essence, gets up, and everyone's like, happy birthday, ha ha ha, you're a new man. I remember the first time I watched this, my head exploded. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is one of the best twist endings to a movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was really good because it twists where they open the doors on the roof and they have a birthday cake. You think that's the twist? Mm-hmm. And then he jumps off the roof and commits suicide, and then that's the actual right, twist. right? Because you're you're led to believe he kills his oh. brother. And the end of the twist is the, the first twist is oh they're bad guys. The next twist is oh his brother was in on it. It's all an elaborate prank. Mm-hmm. He killed his brother. Oh my god! And then the next twist is his brother's alive. It was all they were Don't all forget, in on it the first one time. The twist where you think he's literally dead. Yeah, they also they also poison him and like put him in a box in Mexico. Yeah, they freaking yeah. bury him in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Put him in a cemetery. With nothing to There's get nothing. home. No passport. No nothing. They even have the U.S. Embassy guy in on it. Like, everybody is in on it. Do you know how much money? Yeah. I'm glad they never told us the total bet, but it made a billionaire go, whoa. Like, when he saw like, the cost. Because they were like, look at that, that. Like, you're saying you have no money. Look at that watch. Right. And the watch is something from his, his mom. His mom, yep. His, like, on your 18th birthday, you're the man now. And then I think... I don't think he sells the watch. No, he doesn't. He keeps it. Right. So I think that's when he realizes, like... Another point where he realizes, like, family's important. Like, my mom gave me this. Right. Right. Because he could have hawked and it. And so he does. Because he could have hawked it and flown home. But mm-hmm. instead, he, like, scrapes together some dollars. Yeah. And takes a bus home and hitchhikes. and. That was the part where I knew he won you over. When he's in the... And it's such... It's one of the most beautiful scenes in the whole movie. He is the type of guy who's tipping fat. He makes a shit ton of money. And now he's literally bending over to pinch pennies on the ground because he dropped mm-hmm. some change. Mm-hmm. Old him would have never done that. He'd have let it go. New him is picking it up and being like, I need this. And he says, I have 1878 for anyone going to San Francisco. And you were so sad because no one took him. And then the next scene, they soft cut to him in the in the cab of a truck. Mm-hmm. Someone's driving him home. And they're like, oh, someone did take him. And I was like, fuck, they got her. <laughs> I was like, he's got her. They, they softened her up. Because the whole time I was like, I wouldn't fucking give this guy a ride. Fuck this guy. But in the end, I mean, you do see how far he's fallen. And it is a sweet moment because it's one of the best scenes in the whole movie where you realize he just, he has nothing. And he knows that now. He has nothing. The only thing he has is his memento from his mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he goes home and then the end comes and, and you realize just how happy, family, like, they were always right there. His brother was always right there. His ex-wife yeah. was even right there at any time they needed him. He was just the one that was unavailable. I do hate how he he gets home in like this really like authentic, like I'm a different man type of way. Mm-hmm. But he gets home to immediately grab the gun and seek revenge. Right. And he actually did say, he's like, this isn't about my money. I don't want it back. I want you to not do this anymore. Right. He's like, I don't need you guys. I want to take you guys out so you can't do this to anyone else. I do wonder if he thought, because remember, wasn't his, he told his brother was put in a mental institute? Because he goes to the hotel and he's like, your brother is in a mental institution. They gave us this card to give to you to so you can go check on him. Oh. He never bothers to go check on him. He just immediately is like, I need to get a car so I can go to CRS mm-hmm. and kill them. Mm-hmm. I would be like, where is my brother, man? I'm going to go check on him. So to me, it also felt like he didn't really grasp the family aspect of it until he shot until his brother. Until he shot his brother. Quote, unquote, shot his like, brother. I killed my brother. Right. And he actually cares. He's right. like, I don't want... like. My brother is annoying and I can't stand him most of the time, but I still want him around. I still want the chance to have a relationship with him. Exactly. And I do think, in my opinion, this is one of the best first time twists of any movie I have ever seen. Any movie I've ever seen. And it doesn't like hold... The movie holds up great. And a lot of twist endings don't obviously hold up because you know it's coming. 
but uh, I think it is it does hold up really well. And I think as you watch it a second and a third time, you pick up on little pieces more and more. Just just a fun movie to watch. So mm-hmm. it is though two hours and eight minutes long, which is a long movie. And you even said, "Oh, two hours, okay." Like you had to brace yourself for it because it is a long movie. Yeah, but. And it's also a very slow burn movie. Do you there have an some, opinion on yeah, that? Yeah, so there were some points where like this movie needs to pick up. Like yes. this movie needs to have a little bit more happen. Like, yes, there's some small stuff happening, but like I need it to be riskier. Like I need like I need more yeah. stuff to happen. Agreed. Like, yeah, they planted pictures in his hotel room. Scary. Whatever. To me, it also felt like this. We're building to these moments, these big moments. We're building to these moments, these moments, and then that moment comes, and you're like, "Okay, here we go. We're going on the roller coaster." But then you just fall. So these these fade to black cuts, and then they mm-hmm. fade back in, and it's like a different. He's a, it's a different day. He's changed. The most glaring moment to me is when he gets out of the taxi. So the taxi is locked. The dude hits the accelerator and launches him off a bridge, and he jumps out, leaving him locked in the cab. Mm-hmm. In the cab. Uh, one of the keys they gave him is to the window crank. So he cranks it open and is able to swim out. And then it fades to black, fades back in, and he's wearing a suit. And he's at his he's at the CRS building with lawyers and police. Okay, I you had me at a high, 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 high. And then you just ripped right. me back down. Right, and I think they even need to take it a little bit farther as far as like the taxi scene. Because it never feels risky enough. Like it's mm-hmm. never like... Oh my god, is this is this it? Because he just he figures out to pull the crank down so, so fast. fast that it's never like it'd be better if like the taxi was completely full with water and you're like he right like what now? And then he's like, I can crank down the window like like the water like the windows in the front start to bust open. The plexiglass that's keeping him locked in the back starts to shatter, and he's like, holy fuck! Instead, the car's not even anywhere near the bottom, and he goes, it's a game, it's a game. It's a game. And he pulls out the crank and he cranks like, it. Like, I want it to feel like he's really... I mean, he is close, closer to death than most people would like. Yeah, for sure, for sure. he's not, like, as close to death as, like, you need for it to be like, oh my god. Right, right. It never felt like he was not going to make it out of that situation. Mm-hmm. I do... I do think that the... You can start to feel the mounting pressure when you're getting towards an important scene or a scene that's going to be crazy. You could feel the pressure starting to build. One of my favorite scenes is when he goes to Kristen's house, the waitress that he Christine. bumps into, Christine's house, um, where he bumps into her at the uh, restaurant. Later on, he follows her through the night. They end up on this crazy adventure together for the night. So he goes back to her house. When he starts looking around her house, and you can feel the fake. mounting tension and you're like, it's all fake. None of this is real. That buildup is great. And then it just flat lines you they get away from these like these guys are shooting bullets at them obviously blanks um but they make it seem like they're really being shot at and so you just have this like huge pressure build up and then next thing you know he's somewhere in the at some cabin his family owns yeah and it's and I'm like, just you don't think they know about this cabin they know everything about you right but also christine is a huge player in this like she's the player yeah she, she, i can't tell you how many times i was like oh she's on his side Oh, she's not. On. Right, oh, she's on right, his, right. Oh, she, maybe she's not. Oh, she's not. And so that was wild. Where yeah. She just like took on so many different roles yeah. in this movie. Your role is the mark. They kept saying that because uh, they kept telling her when she when he shoots, uh, when, when Nick shoots his brother. They keep saying to Christina, uh, or Christine, I keep, I'm butchering her name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> to, to Christine, he was the mark. Your job is to fool the mark. Fool the mark. That's your job. So... 
then you go back and you rewatch it and you're like, she is the most important person in this entire movie because if she falters even once in anything, this game is over. Right. And she plays it so perfect. She plays it up. She's admit straight up that she has nothing to do with it. And then when she's caught, she's like, okay, but I'm on your side and we need to get the fuck out of here because they're going to come for us. You don't know what you just did. Mm -hmm. And she just plays it up so well. And then she turns on him and uh, poisons his drink and then and puts him in a crate in Mexico. But mm-hmm. uh, poisons his drink and you're like, wow, she was she fucking was in on it, bro. Especially when he's like, she's like, um, your lawyer, he's in on it. He's in on it. And right. then he starts to go hazy and she's like, <laughs> He hangs up and he won't tell him where he is and he's, she's like, you're right. But then he starts to get hazy and that seems great. You even said though, I did like when you pointed it out because I have the, I had the knowledge of what was knowing what was going to happen. And you said at one point, why would she do this? Why would she be willing to help this man? What about him would make her want to help him? Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, she is so close. And part of me was like, I was part of the game. Because mm-hmm. part of the game is watching the game with someone who has never seen the game and you have. Yeah. And so I'm like watching it. And I'm like, well, I started giving out. I started like rambling about reasons why she would be on his side. And you were like, I guess. But it feels weird that she's on his side. And then that scene happens where he gets all hazy and you're like, I knew it. I knew she was bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember being like, she, you were onto it. You're getting a lot better at catching on to things <laughs> in these movies now. But I, I agree with you 100% that she's the key player in this. Without her, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the scenes with her when the tension's mounting and it feels the movie's at its best is when she's involved because mm-hmm. you feel so much closer to the ending, I feel like. When she's involved, you're like, holy shit, we're really going to get there. Like something's going to happen now. Right. And then it just, it just falls flat. And it does feel like there's a lot of this buildup that goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like the pictures in the yeah. room and the cocaine and the, the meth and the um, all that stuff strewn around the hotel room. It goes absolutely nowhere. You build up all this anxiety and you start stressing out. But then you're like, oh, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's almost like he needs to get caught for that. Exactly. And then like, Go from something needs to happen there. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it just felt like because then he storms into the the bear man. Like the he works for a publishing company or he invests in a publishing company and he fires the guy who's the president. He walks into that man's hotel room and he's like, "Oh, you drugged me and take pictures, huh?" And the right. dude's like, "What?" And then nothing is mentioned about these pictures ever again. And the wife's just sitting there like. In that scene, it was weird. Because Very she's weird. Just scene. sitting there, like completely normal, and it's like he just threw like naked pictures on your fucking right. coffee table. And he's calling your husband out for taking them. Wouldn't you be at least a little suspicious of what like, the fuck is going on? Right. Like smiling. And it's his daughter-in-law. His daughter-in-law calls him daddy. That was weird. I didn't like that. Daddy. And I was like, no, no, you stop it. That is your father-in-law, you weirdo. Yeah. That was weird. You even said that. You were like, did she just call him? daddy yeah that was a bit of a weird situation which looking back on it he was involved with this whole thing right and so it's just like, exactly i guess that's why they are reacting like that i don't right. know because they were just... i think it is actually whoa you know now that you point that this is why i love talking about movies because i hadn't thought about that what if the reason they're so bad at their reactions is because they just aren't good actors and they're yeah. in on it but like don't want to give anything away yeah that would make sense that'd make a lot of sense he's just like I'm so happy now. Like, I, you, it was the best thing ever. I'm sailing. Right. It's like... Right. It's just very strange. <laughs> so the last thing I wanted to talk about was the stress levels. Were you at all stressed during this movie? Or did your palms get sweaty? Or were you like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I was definitely like, what the fuck is going on? But I never got, like, sweaty palms. I did. Only one scene when... And, and it's the scene I mentioned is like goes nowhere. But uh, I had forgotten it went nowhere and it's the hotel scene because there's just oh, so yeah. much evidence there that could absolutely 
end his career in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's pictures of him with what you could assume is a prostitute in compromising positions with cocaine, with meth, with blood, broken glass. The room is destroyed everywhere. The toilet overflows. The toilet overflows. It's like just but that's you know, so they stressful. Did that so he couldn't get rid of. So he couldn't evidence. get rid of the evidence exactly. And to me, it's just so that that part literally is the shift in the movie. It's about an hour in, and that's the shift where it all starts to go downhill from here. And that scene makes my palm sweat because, like, that situation where you know you are innocent or you didn't do anything, but it, it is overwhelmingly pointing to you being uh, the bad guy in this situation. You know, you have drugs yeah. in the room, uh, pictures of you uh, having sex with a prostitute. Like, it does not look good. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the knowing you're innocent but no one believing you shit, like... Just it, it, that part rattles me to my core. I did not, I, that's the, like the best scene in my opinion is him finding that mm-hmm. room. What kills me though is that goes nowhere. Right. Like nothing there's, ever happens. There's nothing ever happens. Like they could blackmail you or something or use that against you. And you'd think Christine would, or uh, Christine would be like, we have these pictures of you at some point and be like, don't do this to us because we'll release those pictures. You right. know what I mean? And they just never bring it up. Right. Anymore. Or someone could just be like, we need. One million dollars exactly. here, right. or those pictures will come out. Right. It just felt like it was so inconsequential, Unconsequ- yeah. inconsequential. Yeah. Like you need to make it more of like a, like obviously he was scared in the moment, and he probably still thought about them, but nothing ever came of it. Right. Exactly. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about during about this movie or no? You good? I don't think so. Our oh, one scene. thing. Oh, you have one more thing. Here we go. I cannot stand how nice his ex-wife is to him. Yeah, that was fucking annoying. I mean, that's how you know. You truly loved someone, but at the same time, it was an unrealistic portrayal because she I, kisses him on the lips I with her husband standing yeah, there. It's I think weird. That is also like kind of shows to like the man that she thinks he can be. That's true. Because she still has feelings for him, and she still is there for him, and she knows like he's alone, and mm-hmm. I feel like it shows like she probably saw glimpses of him when they were together where he was savable. Mm-hmm. When they're in the diner together, he even says, you're the only person in the world that I know I can trust. Mm-hmm. And she gives him his car, lets him take it and go. And she's in on it at the end. You find out she's yeah. obviously in on it because everybody in his life and around him is in on it. Yeah. But it's just... Which is also shows that something is like, if they're all willing to be involved on this birthday gift for him, like... They know he can turn around. They all see something in him. Right. But that relationship too, I will agree that that relationship to me was was odd because she calls him on his birthday and he's like, I don't know why you call me. She's like, I don't know either. And it just never felt, she definitely sees something in him that we, she saw in him, the person he became at the end of the movie. Yeah. And to me also her kissing him on the lips in front of her husband and kids. Weird. Fucking strange. Didn't like it. I don't care. I don't care. I'm sorry. It's creepy. It's weird. It's inappropriate. It's your ex-husband. You know, I've not divorced, so I don't know, but I feel like we'd have to throw hands. I'd I'd put the kid down and I'd get in my fighting Irish dance and I'd be like, put him up, brother. We we gotta go. I don't care if it's your birthday. Duke's up, bitch. Uh, But that's it. So we're gonna move on to our MVP, our favorite scene, our rating, and one thing we would change. Mm -hmm. Nicholas? Nicholas, listen. Mr. Fisher, he's on the other side of that door. He's in there. They're trying to kill me. Don't try to kill me, Nicholas. Please put that gun down. You're about to make the biggest mistake of your life. Nicholas, there was always a safety net. The taxi, there was a diver in my house. They, they just shot at us with planks. Yes, that's true. It is. It's what you hired us for. But they're waiting on the other side of that door with champagne. Nicholas. Please, God damn it, Conrad. Conrad's there. 
to state your MVP first because I feel like we might have two different MVPs. Sure. I don't think we're going to agree on this one here. My MVP is Christine. Fucking shit. That's my MVP as well. Is it? The yes. movie wouldn't work without her. Right. And also, do you have her, the actress's name pulled up? Deborah Kara Unger. Fucking astounding. She nails the role of not knowing anything, knowing everything, and then haha, this was all a prank to get you. Yeah. She is just Fucking incredible she's in this like, role. This is my job. Right. She like, just when plays she's him. leaving at the end, she's like, We have a new game in Australia yep. starting next week. And she's it's just like, this girl does this every day. She plays a character every day and yeah. it never falters. No. And the the acting her actress, the, the actress is phenomenal, but the actress within the movie is phenomenal. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. it's layered. And I feel like she has the most input. That actress has the most important role in the entire movie mm -hmm. and has the most important role in the entire game. Mm -hmm. So it's double fold pressure on her to like really deliver. And she knocks it out of the park. Yep. I mean, knocks it out of the park. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, she's the MVP. I thought for sure you were going to say it was um, uh, Nick. Really? Yeah, I thought you would because you're like, oh, he changed. So I thought you'd go there. Mm -mm. But I agree. It's 100% The it's movie her. would not work. Agreed. If you didn't have someone like her in yes, it. Yes, absolutely. And she, I mean, just perfect casting too because she was, she delivered uh, specifically what that rule needed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So favorite scene. Out of the entire movie, what scene would you say is your favorite? Mm, I honestly really like the scene where he goes to Christine's house and yes. starts looking around and... The freezer is empty. The fridge is empty. Mm -hmm. The water doesn't work. The books on the shelf, like he just starts going around. The books on the shelf aren't real. Yeah. The pictures in the photo albums aren't real. They're and cut out from like, magazines. And then just like putting that together that like they don't actually live here. This is all staged. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a staged house. It was such, and it's so. And they got well the put address. Together. She he got the address from like his assistant. Right. So She's like, in on it. You it's know what so I mean? wild. And there's no way they would have left the tag on that lamp. Oh yeah, the without, tag on the lamp. Without him knowing. Like they did that on purpose. So he would get to so the conclusion. So he'd get to the conclusion. So that way he'd be, she could earn his that trust. That is true because that has to get happen. Like, it has to happen. The way they orchestrate every little thing is just so wild. It's wild. And the control that David Fincher, the director, has over the movie and never cluing you in on anything is mm. just magnificent too. Mm -hmm. Uh, my favorite scene, that is a great scene. That is definitely up there. But it, it would be a tie between the scene where he's pinching pennies at the... Mm -hmm. He's like bending over to pick up his change and he's like, can someone give me a ride? That's a great scene. But I do think my favorite scene is the hotel room. Because at the end of the day, this movie is a suspense thriller. Mm -hmm. It's a mindfuck of a movie. And that scene to me is the most mindfuck. Even if it goes nowhere, you just know the stakes now have been raised and mm -hmm. the, the game people are not playing with him anymore. Yeah. And I do wish that had gone somewhere. But overall, that scene, it's the one, it's an hour, it's exactly 58 minutes in, and it just, it sets you off on the rest of the movie. That is the rest of the tone for the movies, that these people aren't playing with you anymore. Yeah. It's not a game anymore. It's just so wild how much they they have, like, even just the beginning when it first starts, and the Christine dumps the drinks and gets fired, and then he follows her out there, and then the guy collapses in the street, and an ambulance comes, and right. it's just like wild right and the police officer that he stops on the side of the road was that that must have been staged like, everything. Just, everything everything top around to him 
It's just so wild how they have that much power and control. I'm glad they didn't show the price, but also part of me is like, I would like to see it because if it makes a billionaire, like gasp out loud, I'd like to know how much. And how is Conrad paying for that? He's got money too. They ha- they had money from their parents. Their parents oh. were rich. Um, your rating for this movie. Overall, out of five keys, five CRS keys, <laughs> how many keys are you giving this movie? I would give You have Letterboxd this... pulled up, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to give this movie... Four, Four keys. Mm-hmm. It's really good, mm-hmm. but it could be a little bit better. Yes. If it just gave you a little bit more fear. Yeah. A little bit more. Oomph. We're agreeing on this too. I'm giving it four keys. Mm-hmm. It, it's much better than, I think watching it the second time, I actually, the original time, the, the original rating I had for this was three and a half. Uh, then I watched it with you again, obviously, my second time watching it, and it was better because i knew what was coming and i could see it's half the fun is pointing out like oh this point this part and this part mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna give it four keys as well i think it meanders in places it shouldn't it just it takes too long at some points it, it just goes so slow in certain aspects and it really is the up and down isn't as much fun as some other suspense thrillers can be yeah. It's really, really high, you and then the lows thrills. are really, really you low. Need more thrills in a thriller. I agree. Like it just, the stakes weren't high enough. It Agreed. felt like. Agreed. So I, I would definitely give this four keys. Could be better, but it was great. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like we've we've talked about what could change, but if you had to change one thing about this movie to make it better, what would you change? I would just have like the 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 climbs to like something happening result in something bigger. Mm-hmm. Like you have to capitalize. Yeah. On like. The pictures in the hotel room, like, someone has to find them out and, like, start blackmailing him. Or he needs to go to jail and have to get a lawyer. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Like, it just has to do more. I think adding someone blackmailing him would add a layer that it's, like, coming at him from multiple directions. You know what I mean? They're not just Mm -hmm. attacking his life. Now someone's like, I want your money, bitch. Right. Because nothing really, really terrible happens to him until he finds out his bank accounts are drained. Exactly. And that's when he freaks out the most. It's like, holy fuck, my money's gone. Yeah. I would change uh, the ups and downs, but I would keep it at once you hit an hour in and he goes through those pictures at the hotel, you got to have uncut gems level anxiety from that point to the end. You need to keep the audience stressed the fuck out, shoulders to their ears, anxiety. None of this up and down. It just doesn't work in a movie like this. Which I honestly think you would have more anxiety if the character was somewhat more likable. I agree with that like too. Like in Uncut Gems. Howie is kind of how he's kind of likable. Howie, you, you you can't help but like feel bad for him and be like, "No, like why is he doing this?" Right. Like this guy, you need to like it would be better if you did feel worse for him. Agreed. If he had more at stake, if he had kids or If like, he had a family, kids, right. exactly. If he had something to lose other than his bank account. Right. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. And like everything that's affecting him, it's it's just him it just affects him until he mentions that like the million dollars affects like payroll and stuff like that and you're like oh but like again you don't right. know these people right like you need to have some sort of relationship with them past his to see like how like what's happening to him is going to affect other people yes i need to have a connection to these little characters and that's what makes movies uh so great is when you get little connections to those characters that mm-hmm. don't mean nothing but you still are connected to them mm-hmm. this affects millions of people they're not going to get their money I've never met these people. I don't give a fuck that it affects their money. That sucks. I I, I don't care. And I don't care I don't about know you. Who's on his payroll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cast to end this podcast. You need Ugh. to give our listeners some relationship advice pertaining to the game. Well when you get back, 
Uh, maybe we can, you know, we can have some dinner. You don't know anything about me. So you tell me. Well, what? Where you're from? Oh, um. Original. Oh, Oklahoma. Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this way too long. So, my relationship advice that I gather from this movie is you need to be grateful for what you have in front of you before it takes mental torture (laughs) and near death to make you realize that. Yeah. Be grateful for the people around you and the things in front of you, Mm -hmm. not for the things you don't have or want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. For sure. Don't take those around you for granted. Yeah. That's exactly what this movie, the whole movie is literally that. You're like, oh, okay. The, you, at the end of the movie, you literally said, oh, this whole thing is just about him caring about his family. Yeah. Right. That's the point. You can't take stuff for granted. Yeah. Don't take don't take the people in your life for granted. So there you go, folks. That is our episode. Uh, <laughs> shout out to everyone who gave us a recommendation. You're all amazing. Thank you so much. Shout out to This Seat Is Taken podcast. My boy, Robert, he actually was the one who recommended this and won out. If you actually want to hear his podcast, I'm over there on a couple episodes, uh, the Creed 3 episode and the Blue Beetle episode, so go give that a listen. He he has a great few episodes out there you guys should definitely check out. So with that said, uh, like us on, or follow us on Instagram, it's at guy underscore Kai thing. You can follow us there, that's where I post all the updates. You can follow me on TikTok, it's the same thing. Follow me at Letterboxd at that mo- at uh, thatboykyle777, and don't forget to share us, rate us on Apple and Spotify. Do you have anything else you want to add before we go? And with that being said, go watch a movie. (laughs) You said it. I love that.